There we go. And we're streaming. We are live. <laughs> How are you, CL? How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. All right. I want you, as I do a quick sound check on our on our page here, um, I want you to tell people what it is that you do every single day. Uh, since I'm my own boss, uh, I do whatever I want to do every single day. I mean, it's not that hard. I generally uh, try to meet new people, expand my network, and show people what it is that I actually do for a living. And that's uh, show them how to travel cheaper and actually earn time and uh, financial freedom because that's what it's about. You wasn't born just to live, pay bills, and die. So I'm trying to offer people an alternative. Well, and one more share. Okay, so how did you get into that? Uh, wow, this is a little over four years ago. A little over four years ago, actually, a friend of mine came to me and shared this concept with me, gave me a little video to watch. And I knew from there I was all in because it was talking about travel and money. I mean, everybody wants to see different places of the world that they see on TV. And I could earn money at the same time. So I said, hey, I might as well take advantage of this. And uh, through that concept, it's allowed me to travel like on a total of over 70 different vacations, trips and cruises over the last four years. Uh, so, I mean, I wish this would have come into my life sooner, but it came into my life at the right time. So you have been traveling now for how many years? Uh, non-military travel has been non four years. It's been four years. Four years, non-military travel. And what branch did you serve in? Uh, I served 20 years, seven months, and six days in the United States Air Force. 20 years, six months, and how many days? Seven months and six days. Seven months and six days. You don't have it down to hours and minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, not quite. So when did you decide to enlist in the Air Force? Uh, How shortly, old were you? Uh, I was uh, 18 years old. I was 18 years old. I'd done a year of college and, uh, you know, really didn't mesh that well for me. So uh, after doing a year in college, I mean, within 60 days, I went and saw the recruiter, got in a delayed enlistment program and was gone July of 96. What made you join the Air Force? Why the Air Force? Why the military? Um, well, I mean, you know, my father was in the military. He served a tour in the Air Force. And I mean, I was in ROTC for three of my four years of high school. So, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, it was interesting. And I learned that it was a way to travel the world. So I was like, sure. I mean, why not? And, you know, went to the recruiter, took the ASVAB, you know, scored high and was off to Lackland. So when you joined the Air Force, what was your plan? Were you, were you going to stay in and retire from the Air Force? Were you, was this a calling that you needed to do? Or? Well, you know, I was interested in it. I mean, some of my mentors had served careers in the military, uh, mostly in the Army. So, you know, I said, let me try this out because I heard about all of the places that they had gone and been able to travel to. I enlisted in the Air Force, and my first base they sent me to was in Nebraska. So... There's my traveling starting off right there. Nebraska. Yeah. When you entered college, you got out of high school, you went a year to college. What was your idea? What, 
what had you envisioned your career, adult life, to be? Well, I mean, you know, listening to my parents and, you know, the mentors at the time, you know, graduate high school, you go to college for four years, real strong, you get out, you get a degree, you work in that career field that you went to college for and work for 30, 40 years and retire. And uh, after the first few months in college, I didn't think I was meshing well. And then went into that second semester, I definitely knew that it was just nothing that I could do at that time. I didn't have that in me. And I decided to join the military and it's been an adventure ever since, I'll say. So you were trying to design your life within a box of expectations of what you're supposed to do. Yeah, because that's all we knew. That's all we knew. You go to high school, get good grades, college, and yeah, I mean, that's what we were taught. And even though military was in your family background, joining the military is not something everybody does. Was that your first step going out on your own path and defining what you wanted to do? Definitely, definitely. That was that was my first step because, I mean, you know, most people that go to college, you know, you feel kind of under your parents' wings for four years. But uh, going out, joining the military, 18, 19, moving away from home, having my own place, I mean, that was a, a total shock. It was adulting came early for me as compared to, you know, our, our peers. Right. Right. And had you always had this sense of forging your own path and, and doing things that most people might look at and think, hmm, that's an interesting choice? You know, I, that it never dawned on me until the military choice came, because when I decided to join the military, you know, a lot of people's like, whoa, why are you doing that? You know, you're a smart guy. You should be going to college, doing this, doing that to, you know, kind of stay in that box that a lot of us, a lot of our friends fall into. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I just knew it wasn't the choice for me. I mean, I knew it, it just didn't fit. I didn't fit that mold. What did you do when you were in the Air Force? What was your MOS? Uh, well, it's AFSC in the Air Force. Oh, but, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, my first few years in the Air Force, I worked in communications. So, you know, it was a lot of work with towers, you know, telephone poles, communications. Uh, Shortly thereafter, I retrained in the contracting. So I was responsible for purchasing, you know, services, commodities, and construction of buildings. And uh, that was a great time right there. It was. And why didn't you stay with that once you retired? Because how old were you when you retired from the Air Force? 40, 39, 40. Yeah. So most people are still in, that's mid-career right there right? Because civilian retirement's around 65, 70. Um, So did you get out of the military and say, okay, now I'm going to get a civilian job. I'm going to um, go into the trade that I, that I got while I was serving or were you retired? Uh, uh, Prior to me finding out about this lifestyle and meeting friends that were entrepreneurs, it was going to be, yeah, I retired from the military wear my uniform for the last day, come back to work a couple of weeks later in civilian clothes doing the same thing. But through meeting the people and networking with these people, I knew, I found out that there was another option. I mean, being an entrepreneur, yeah, it's some long nights, but you're your own boss. You make your own schedule. There's no ceiling on what you do. There's no salary cap. You earn as you please. And, you know, being in government service and civilian, you know, you have that boss. You got to request taking leave. Uh, 
you don't have that when you're your own boss. So what was it about this opportunity? Did it ever give you pause when somebody presented to you, hey, you can be in a business, an entrepreneurial business that is centered around traveling and membership? And did you did it ever give you pause that maybe this is too good to be true or this isn't going to be legitimate or it's not going to really be what I'm expecting it to be? No, actually, no. Uh, my friend that presented it to me, when she showed it to me, I, I really trust her judgment. I know how well she manages her money, and she wouldn't waste her time on anything like that. So when I heard about it, saw the presentation, I mean, I was all in. I was definitely all in. And uh, getting to meet other people that I'd actually known from the military that were involved in this only strengthened my position and my thought. I was like, man, if they were doing this. I could have been doing this all along. I wish I would have discovered it sooner, but it came into my life for the right time, at the right time for the right reason. And I've just been loving it ever since. Was this your line in the sand? Was this your defining moment of how you were going to design life out of the military and how you wanted to live? Uh, that's, that's kind of a tough question. <laughs> uh, you know, originally I wanted to stay in the Air Force and, you know, make chief. But, uh, you know, I came across some less than stellar leadership and I ended up in a, a position where there was no room for growth for me because, you know, as you grow, you're able to touch more lives. And I wasn't able to do that. I was a limit was put on me. Uh, so I knew at this point it was time for me to consider something different. Uh, lo and behold, this opportunity came within a couple of weeks of that. And I said, hey, I'm all in. I'm, I'm definitely all in. And this is what I want to do when I retire from the military. Do you do well if anyone tries to put constraints on you? Limits? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that's, that's another good. Uh, you know, this is totally opposite from being in the military. You don't have a supervisor. Uh, there's no limits, no constraints. I mean, you earn as much as you want. You earn based off your work. And uh, I don't want to put limits on myself anymore. I had that for over 20 years of my life. Now I just want to, you know, provide uh, impact to people. When I look at what I do, yeah, make good money, but my goal is impact over income because if I can help you change your life, that provides something for you to do for your children and so on and so on. So it's, it's generational. It's about a legacy. So I really don't subscribe to limits, you know, unless I actually put one on myself and I have a short uh, timeline to meet a goal. Otherwise, I'm not. It's wide open. I'm trying to be as positive as I can. So you have been able to live in both realms of that. You were in a very structured environment. Um, and, and constraints and limits can sometimes be a heavy word, but there was. There were checkboxes. There were checklists. This is what you're expected to do, what you're supposed to do. And now you're living within an open, just endless opportunities, and you can adjust course as you see fit. How... How is the contrast between those two worlds? Wow. Uh, that, that's a good question. I mean, you know, it, it's very different because, again, like you say, I'm used to having those, uh, those boxes to check, mm -hmm. uh, things to make sure you be done. Now that I don't have that, it's up to me to uh, set those goals. I'm not living under anybody else's thumb or having to respond to anyone else. Actually, it's having me be more proactive because I want to help more people. It's not like in the military, a lot of times you're waiting for people to come to you to help solve their problems. Now I'm actually looking out, reaching out to people 
to see if this is something that they're interested in so it can change their life like it changed mine. And a lot of people, are, that's one of the, the primary reasons why they're scared to make a jump. It's the lack of structure or it's the lack of, the, you, you know, knowing where the ceiling is, even if it's used as a yardstick, even if it's used as a milestone. Um, but that structure, that routine can have such a security attached to it that when they go into something that's wide open, it's kind of unheard of, um, raises a lot of questions, they, they won't make that jump. I'm sure you've met people um, when you've talked to them and, and trying to educate them on what you do and in, in your business and traveling and how that can be a full-time um, source of income, but also a way of life for them. What are some of the pushbacks? What are some of the um, questions that are raised to you? A lot of people would, you know what? I, I don't have the time to do this. And, uh, you know, you put the time into effort in the things that you want. You know, you don't have time to do this, but you probably watch like 10, 15 hours of Netflix every week. Or you might be hanging out at the club. Uh, you're definitely not spending the time with your kids that you want. You know, this could be something to help you bring that in and spend more time with your kids. Uh, I talk to a lot of people about that. It's like, you know, I know you have two or three hours of spare time in your week. Why don't you get with me? Let me use those two or three spare hours of your time and I'll show you how to get some leverage. You know, we we'll get your friends involved. We make this a team effort. Just uh, I don't like to see people put limitations on themselves, especially when there's no need to. Uh, I was talking to a young lady earlier and she was saying, yeah, this sounds real good, but what if I fail? And my first reply was, you know, what if you succeed? You know, don't always look at the negatives on stuff. There's a lot of positives in life, you know, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. So walk us through what this business model is, almost as though as you're presenting it to us. Like what does it all entail? It, it just all entails is basically uh, for a member. You have a membership in the world's number one travel club, which we've been since 2014 or 15. You can generally travel for 20 to 60 percent off for retail pricing. Uh, we have discounts for hotels, cars, excursions. We do anytime trips where it's a block of time set aside, let's say for four months, you can pick the time that you want to go to a particular location. Or we have trips that come with hosts that are already at designated times. Like the trip I mentioned to you that I'm taking to Denver next week. I'm going the 9th through the 12th. That trip has a host who acts as a liaison between us and the hotel us and our uh, people that's running the excursions we're going on. It's just basically curated travel. So you don't have to spend three hours on the computer comparing uh, flight prices, hotel prices, things of that nature. It's all done for you with this membership. And, you know, you can waive your fees. Uh, when was the last time that uh, one of your utility bills said, hey, if you refer four friends, you don't have to pay your utility bills anymore? Never. <laughs> nope <laughs> that's one of the bonuses of our club i mean it's, it's just a real culture and i've met like a lot of good friends ex-military current military and even civilians i mean people enjoy it i mean really who doesn't love to travel whether it's local or international so you have two options you can either buy in to be a member and enjoy the the visits and still keep your nine to five or whatever you're doing to make your income. But how do you educate or how do you graduate up 
to being a member and making income from this? Well, there's actually two different sides to it. You can be a member and enjoy all the benefits of the travel and or you could be a representative. And that's a person that uh, shows the company, the people to earn an income. And uh, I started out being a representative when I was in the military, which was, you know, basically part time, you know, after work, I'd show people that I know. And after doing that for a while, I was like, man, I, I should do this. I will do this when I retire from the military. So I don't have to punch anybody's clock. And uh, one of our, the single highest female earner in the company is prime military. She was in the Air Force for 12 years. You know, she's a six-figure earner now in her mid-30s. So this is possible. It's possible for anybody. You just have to have the drive and the desire. And don't let fear conquer you. What do representatives do? What is it? What is your daily, um, your daily to-do list? Or how do you stay successful in this? Uh, basically, I just say successful in this by following up with people. I mean, just like we met on Facebook, I meet people like on Facebook and Instagram daily, and they're asking me questions because they're interested in the travel or they're interested in learning how to make a residual income. And they, you know, people will FaceTime me, people will call me or message me. We'll hold conversations and I see where they want to fall. Some people just want to be members because they don't want to sell anything. They want to travel. You have some people that, you know, say they want to earn money, so they want to be representatives. Then you have some people like myself and others that want to take advantage of the benefits of both and be a member and a representative so they can earn money and travel and basically get to the point where you're earning money as you travel because you're talking to people everywhere. Everywhere. And everywhere. you're doing you're doing both. So do you ever get hit with... Um, with resistance from people going, oh, you know, those those terms of this is multi-level marketing or this is this a pyramid scheme? Is this legitimate? How do you respond to those? Or first, do you do you get those? Are those oh, initial gut reactions from people? Of course, of course. You know, some people's like, well, is this one of those pyramid schemes? And when a lot of people talk about it, they don't even know what a pyramid scheme is. They have no idea. They just heard someone else use that term. Right. And I I basically explained to them like what this is. Uh, people are familiar with Mary Kay, Avon, Amway, things of that nature that have been in business for over 50, 60 years. It's that same concept, but we applied it to travel. And again, everybody wants to travel. Travel doesn't rule out anybody. You know, you have all these other concepts that specifically apply towards women like makeup or other concepts, you know, that apply to things to rule people out. We don't rule anybody out because everyone generally wants to travel. And so they want to take their families as well. So we kind of cover all demographics because everyone wants to, you know, go to a water park or maybe visit a national park like the Grand Canyon or go on a New Year's Eve trip somewhere or take a cruise. I mean, that's what it's about. We have something specifically for anybody. And that's what I love about it. Are these, do you feel like these programs could take the place of or make such an impact on the travel industry that it, that it, it takes the place of travel agents and, you know, services like Expedia and package deals that everyone's trying to figure out and book on their own? Is that? Well, no, I, I don't. I mean, I wish it could because people would save money. But, uh, you know, there are some people on that far spectrum who don't have time to look up anything so they call a travel agent mm -hmm. or some people 
that want to spend the hours on hours trying to find uh, what they think is a good deal by using Expedia or things of that nature. But the truth is in our program, we have it set aside where if you do find our prices and someone beats them, we offer you deals. You know, oh. uh, on certain hotel packages, if you find someone that beats us, we offer you 110% back of the difference. Uh, if you find one of our trips, apples to apples, the exact same thing, they'll pay, they'll refund your money on the trip and send you on the trip for free. It's nobody else in the industry that's doing this successfully. So, I mean, that's just another reason. But, but again, you know, some people are going to always be suspicious and want to do it themselves. So there's always going to be a market for travel agents and Expedia. We're just an alternative for people that want to save money. And how competitive is your niche of the market? How many other companies are trying to do this, are, are successfully doing this? Uh, well, like I said earlier, we've been the number one travel company in the world since, I believe, uh, 2014. Mm -hmm. So obviously, there's nobody doing it at the same level as us. I mean, right. there's other things that we've accomplished, you know, been the number one travel company in different continents. Uh, our uh, travel agent portion of our company, Rovia, has been the number one for several years. So there might be some other people doing it. I don't know if you want to call it competition or competitors, but there's other people in the field. Right. And what other benefits have you seen come uh, for people or what the people have um, experienced being part of a travel club versus booking their own and going with just a small group? Uh, it's definitely saving money because, you know, even though you do go with a group, you don't have to participate in any of the group events. Like all of our trips have a welcome reception the first night, usually with some hors d'oeuvres and some drinks, and you can meet the other people on your trip. And I've seen small trips with about a dozen people, and I've seen huge trips with hundreds of people. Uh, actually, last month, we did a resort takeover, and we had the resort for two weeks. It was uh, two separate trips. The first trip brought in 500 people, the second trip brought in 300 people and we were doing events with each other, meeting people from around the world, but it wasn't necessary. It wasn't mandatory. So it is what you make it. You don't have to meet new people if you don't want, but it's a good opportunity to meet people, make new friends. Have you seen people take advantage of that? Have you seen communities strengthen? Oh, definitely. I mean, just with myself, I made so many friends of people that I found out were stationed at the same military bases as I was at the same time through this company. It was like, oh, you were stationed there? You know such and such? I've talked to them too. I mean, it's crazy. I've actually met several people that in through the company, and we have common friends that still haven't come into the company yet, even though they've seen five or six of us doing this and traveling the world. You know, everybody has their limitations. Would you call this a career or would you call this a way of life? This is definitely a lifestyle. This <laughs> is definitely a lifestyle. And I think under lifestyle, you could call it career, but it's, it's just a lifestyle. I mean, to be able to earn money doing something that you love and to also do whatever you want, whenever you want. I mean, like I say, I meet all type of interesting people, uh, one trip I was on to Mexico, I had a buddy call me when I was in Mexico and he's like, hey, let's go to the Dominican Republic next week. I mean, we're both retirees. We're both earning a residual income. I'm like, okay, man, why not? So we went to the DR the next week. 
I mean, it's nice to be able to make these own decisions and not have the constraints of time or mm -hmm. having the constraints of, I don't know if I can't afford it. And definitely not having the constraints of, you know, I got to fill out my leave paperwork. I got to forecast leave two weeks in advance or the commander will tell me, no, that's not a problem for us anymore. Um, does your family uh, unit still have traditional jobs, careers that they're in? Yeah, some of my family does. I mean, you know, depending where you are in your career, somebody might be closer to retirement. And, you know, it's like, well, I'll wait out these two years and I'll do it part time. I know quite a few people like that. It's like, you know, I'm just two years away from retirement. I can do this part time and build up some income. So when I'm retired, I'll be getting, you know, multiple streams of income. And then I have some people that, you know, prefer not to deal with it. I know some people don't even take vacations. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had family members that have said, yeah, I'm going to come in. And for the four years that I've been in traveling, I hadn't seen them take one vacation yet. So, you know, this lifestyle isn't for everybody, but I know working nine to five until I die wasn't the lifestyle for me. When you were younger, before, before military, before um, traveling, uh, what was your idea of what your, what your life, what your career, what your adult life would look like? I mean, I always thought it'd be something maybe in business. So that still involved, you know, going to college, probably being in a cubicle somewhere, maybe graduating to having my own office. But uh, from the examples that I had in front of me a lot, you know, it was people working until their 60s, early 70s before they retired. And then, you know, with all the aches and pains, it wasn't too much traveling being done. And I want to live now. I, I definitely want to live now, have fun now. So when I'm that old, I have these memories to look back on instead of regret. Well, what's the most exotic place or the most impactful place that you've traveled that has reiterated you've made the right choice? Was there ever a moment where you sat there and went, I'm on the right path? Probably, well, it's been several trips, but uh, I remember I was on a trip to Colombia and we went to a private island that contained a resort. And I mean, it was just beautiful sitting out there on the beach in Colombia, you know, watching the birds, seeing the fish and all of that. And it's like, you know, I pretty much do what I want every day, anytime I want. And to enjoy that and to meet people on the one trip and end up at another exotic location with these people. I mean, that's, that's just a beautiful lifestyle. You can't beat that. And to be able to share that with others is a very important thing to me. So, I mean, there's a lot of tropical places out there I've yet to explore. In the beginning when you were doing this, did you ever second guess it? No, I did. I never second guessed it because I know from talking to other people that uh, sometimes it's a slow build. Uh, everybody runs their race at a different speed. And I knew that it could possibly take some time or it could come real quick. But when I look at somebody and I talk to someone and they tell me, no, uh, I don't think I want to take vacations like that. And I know that I'm going to all inclusive the following week. I mean, their no really doesn't mean much to me because I'm going to a beach next week and you got to get up at six in the morning to go to work. So, I mean, you could be experiencing this too, but you just have a closed mind. Do you feel like if you would have taken the mo the more traditional route, even staying in college, even before the military, if you would have if you would have taken tradition, 
Um, do you feel like you would have had to navigate fear and uncertainty throughout your career? Uh, I, I really don't have a deal with too much fear and uncertainty, but I do know that if I had gone the traditional route, uh, I would have still probably known some people doing this business and I would have just think like, okay, what did I do different? Or what do I need to change to live a fulfilling life like theirs? Because, I mean, you know, we've been on deployments before working six days, 12 hours on, and just thinking like, man, where, where did I go wrong? It's like, when am I getting out of this? And it seems like an endless cycle. So if I did do the traditional route, I definitely, I'd feel that I was missing something, but I probably wouldn't know what it was. But, you know, thank God I found what I was missing. You have an air of confidence. You have a, a sense of, I got this. I know I'm making the right decision. Were you always that way? Uh, I mean, you know, I've had a lot of personal development in my life, as well as you from the military. So uh, I think I've had a certain amount of confidence. But, you know, with the training that we had in the military, that boosted it a lot more. But the last three and a half years, I've done a lot more reading. I've done a lot more personal development. So that only helped me in my confidence. And because I'm sure of what I'm talking about, I'm living this lifestyle. It's not something I'm trying to sell you a dream. I'm selling you my reality. I'm showing you my reality. So I'm definitely confident about that. I mean, all my pictures are real. <laughs> I hadn't Photoshopped myself into anything. I'm taking pictures at the Eiffel Tower. I'm taking pictures at the Statue of Liberty, all of these places. So, I mean, I'm confident about that because I know I'm living this life. That's a pretty powerful statement. I'm not selling you a dream. I'm selling you my reality. That's a pretty powerful statement. Do you feel like there's an emphasis on fulfillment versus financial security? Uh, you with mean... The, with, with the the folks that you're talking to today, the people in our age group and younger that are entering into the workforce and maybe they're getting out of the military, maybe they're graduating college, going into college. Is mm -hmm. there, do you feel like in talking to them? Cause you talk to a lot of people, you're yes. giving them a, an alternative option here. Do you mm -hmm. feel like there's more emphasis on life fulfillment? We only live once life is short versus nope. I need to have financial security. I need to get the house. I need to uh, get the, the kids and the college funds going. And we have to make six figures a year. You know what? Uh, I ask myself that uh, a lot, really. Uh, depending on the circles you travel in, I know definitely it's a lot of focus on the extrinsic, you know, uh, the material things and the money because people want those. But mm -hmm. if that's all you're focusing on, you can't really be fulfilled on the inside. I try to deal with the more intrinsic needs. You know, uh, people have always, I said it earlier, it's an impact over income. Because if you fulfill your intrinsic needs, you know, you're doing something for the sake of uh, getting joy and not an external reward. If soon as you're fulfilled and you're completing your mission, your goals, the money, the material stuff, the houses and cars, it'll come. But, you know, you hear about, uh, so-called rich people all the time that are just aren't fulfilled it's because they're not doing something they have a passion for once you find your passion make that your paycheck and you'll just uh, the sky's the limit at that point because how many people do you really know that love what they do and actually earn a paycheck from it that's a small minority 
That's mm-hmm. really a small minority. So once you find that, make your passion your paycheck, everything else will fall in the line. A lot of people don't believe that. A lot of people want to believe that. But a lot of people won't take the leap. Even if they do believe that, they won't take the leap to make it happen. What advice do you have for them? For the people that want to do it, you can see that they really want to have a change, an alternative. And they're, they're scared or they're fearful or they're unsure of making that leap. What advice do you have for them? Uh, you got to step out on faith. You got to have faith in yourself that you're doing right. You also have to look around you. How many people do you know that are the same generation preceding you that, are, that had the same conflict that you had and just chose the wrong thing? And you can see, you can see when a person is just drained. You can see when life is beating them down. Uh, more than likely, they didn't follow their passion. They didn't try to make their passion your paycheck. And I mean, uh, like me, I started making my passion my paycheck later in my military career. I didn't just quit the military. I finished my time, but I started out slowly. It went from uh, spare time to part-time. And when I retired from the military, I made it full-time. So you don't have to just take a blind leap into something. Move in slowly. But once you decide to go all in, you got to go all in. You can't straddle the fence. That's the important thing because a lot of people are like, you know, I want to stay here, but I want to do this. No, you got to be all in. That's the only way success is going to come. So you have to define what it is you really want to do. And then you have to make steps to do that. Every day. Every single day. How do you do that every single day, even outside of your career? Uh, I, I know what my why is. You know, my why is my children. I want to be able to provide for them and give them the things that I didn't have. Show them the opportunities that I didn't have. Like, you know, my kids had their passports. When my uh, my sons were born, I was overseas in Japan. So they had their passports, you know, with baby photos on there. <laughs> but we still travel. That's not something I had when I was the youth. I didn't get my first passport until I was in the military. You know, uh, I want my children to be able, when something comes up in class, where they be like, oh, we went there. Something comes up in history class or geography or whatever. They can be able to say they went there. They saw this. It's not just something in a book or on TV. And to be able to want to provide them with a legacy and opportunities that I didn't have is something that just keeps me moving forward. Do you feel like them being able to travel and see so much of the world that it has other impact, other, I mean, the, the biggest impact is the memories that they get to have with you, right? And the experiences they get to have. Um, but is there a different impact maybe in level of understanding and appreciation of different cultures and, communi- and communities? Definitely, yes. I want them to be able to see that uh, you go into a particular type of restaurant. It just in the, isn't a genre of food. That's an actual culture. Let's go there and visit it. Let's see what it's about. Again, I want it to be more than something you read about in the book. I want it to be something they can touch, they can hear, they can taste. And that's real important to me because, again, that was something that I wasn't provided with. I know my parents, it's something my parents wanted to do, but they weren't able to. So I'm doing it, uh, let's say it's the 2.0. I'm raising the bar for my children so they can see, okay, this is what my dad did for me. I got to go above and beyond this for my children. So it's just creating a legacy. It's something that should be generational. Should be generational. 
and you're you're giving them a sense of uh, confidence i think that the world is not such a huge scary place it's something that is to be viewed and experienced absolutely it's just one big community that, that's the way you got to look at it it's just one big community so in corporate culture in corporate culture with those two-week vacations that we all get that we all work towards do you think that those are effective for those that are putting in 60 70 hour weeks and they get their two-week vacation do you feel like that's a work-life balance that's doable that I don't think it is because I mean when you look at like you know some other countries how they might have shorter work weeks or they give more time off a year like you know in the military we got 30 days of paid leave a year but mm -hmm. uh you know some people felt like there wasn't enough depending on what we did or where we went you need actual time to decompress you know they say to smell the roses and if you only have two weeks off a year it's you generally working 50 other weeks, 50, the additional 50 weeks in a year. That's just not enough. Uh, you should be able to want to give more time to your family, more attention to your family. So I think people need more. Again, that's why I support putting on the entrepreneurial hat to provide yourself with these other options. So how, how do you envision a compromise between, because not everyone's going to be able to run their own business and we're not all going to be able to be in a travel club. Like there's industries and there's imports, exports and, you know, things that have to be done, um, work that has to be done. Do you have, cause you've done a lot of personal development and you have lived in a very traditional world. You were going down that path and now you're living, um, a lifestyle that a lot of people are very curious about it's very envious but there has to be that middle ground how would you define a good work-life balance but more importantly if if you were posed the question how would you advise companies how would you advise leadership of companies to better the work-life balance for their people it's uh, it's funny you ask that question because you know you always see the uh when they show the videos of Google headquarters, how they have all these extra incentives and amenities there at the headquarters, you know, the smoothie shops, I mean, chefs rolling around, preparing people, things that they need. I mean, uh, being in the military, you know, a lot of our uh, situations are performance-based. You had a commander tell you what he wants done and you get it done within whatever that time limit is. And then after that, you should have some time to uh, decompress or time to gather your thoughts. It shouldn't always just be boom, 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 boom. You should be able to get some leisure in there or and even not, if not leisure, just some time for personal development, some time to reflect to see how you could have done a job better. I mean, a vacation isn't always about skiing or uh, being on the beach. It could just be time to reflect in a nice, uh, relaxing atmosphere. You asked me before we went live, so what vacation did you take this year? And I was, I was one of those that said, none. I've taken not a one. I mean, I've traveled. I've had to go back and forth, but it wasn't, it wasn't a vacation. You got to take some time. You got to take some time to do something for you, whether it's like, you know, a spa day over here or go to, I, I don't know, the beach 
put your feet in the sand, kick your feet in the ocean. You got to find that time to decompress. You love your job. You love what you're doing right now. That's your passion. Mm -hmm. But you need some time to relax. You can't stay in the studio 24-7. Mm -hmm. You enjoy it, but you got to give your body and your mind time to relax and sync up. Does it... Do you have a, a passion to, to help people understand that? Or are you like, okay, well, just, just keep living how you're living. Call me when you're burnt out. <laughs> no, I don't go that far. You know, uh, I deal with a lot of people that give me maybes or what I like to call soft no's. But, you know, as I continually go on trips, they like my posts. They make a comment. So, you know, I reapproach them again after a few weeks or a couple of months to see if anything has changed in their life or if they want to make a change in their life. I mean, unless you give me a hard, fast no and block me, I'm going to approach you again because I'm not trying to do this to make money. I'm trying to do this so you can enjoy yourself. Uh, I brought one of my best friends in with me a couple of years ago, and my goal was to have somebody where I could call them up. It's like, hey, man, what you doing with the kids next week? Let's take them on a the trip, you know, so the – initial group that I approach for this are people that I want to travel with. So we can have a group of us, 10, 15 of us, go book a, a floor at a hotel and hang out and tear up the town. I mean, who, who wouldn't want that with their friends and their family? Well, when you became a representative and a member and you decided to do this full time, um, even though you eased into it, did you have slow months or did you have um, a, a streak where you weren't sure if you could stay in this or if you would have to go and, and get another source of income? I mean, you know, a, a lot of people, it's an insecurity there. But the main thing you have to do is stay consistent. You have to stay consistent and you have to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, it's going to be hard to get other people to believe in you. You know, how am I going to be a doubtful guy coming to sell you a vacuum cleaner? like, well, I mean, it works pretty good. You're not going to be apt to buy that vacuum cleaner from me. But because I live this lifestyle, I go to the Five Diamond Resorts. I've seen how beautiful they are. I can't wait to go back. Mm -hmm. So if some people tell me no, it's like, hey, that's cool. Just check out my feed the next week and see what I'm going to be doing. I want you to know that that lifestyle is possible for you. So you've, you've been able to have a consistent success rate that you've not had to look at other sources of income yes. in doing this. Yes. Um, do you feel like that has to do with your approach, your skill set? Is there a strategy behind that? Well, I mean, you know, we, we have a, a training system, you mm -hmm. know, you just have to plug into. Uh, my whole thing is if you buy someone's lifestyle opinion, you're buying their lifestyle. Now, it's some people whose lifestyles that I want to pattern mine after. So I'm listening to their opinions because they've done what I wanted to do and got to where I want to be. And it's some people's opinion, I just can't put too much value in it because they complain or they just always talk about what they want to do. I'm modeling myself after people that I've seen be constant successes. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my mentors says he's more afraid of being broke than going up to somebody and saying, hi, my name is Charles. And that's how I feel about it because I'm not going to let my shyness or whatever uh, brief second insecurity I have stop me from showing you a lifestyle that you could have. Are you shy? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes you're shy? When it's uh, convenient. When it's convenient. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds like <laughs> I just need a little, a little, 
self time. Um, who are your biggest influencers? Oh, wow. I mean, uh, there's so many different people in the industry, but, uh, you know, Les Brown is a big influence of mine. Uh, Johnny Wimbry, he's a big influence of mine. Uh, you know, Marcus Setta. I mean, you know, there's a, a lot of people in the network marketing industry or just motivational speaking industry that uh, give me the push I need. And it just goes back to the personal development I was talking about. I try to pattern myself and modern my, model myself after people who are at the level of success that I want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you, you did say that you were learning and reading and doing uh, personal growth. What are some of the books that you're reading? Oh, wow. Uh, one book that I read recently, uh, Johnny Wimbry has a series of books uh, called Push. Uh, he also has a book called From the Hood to Good. Uh, definitely Les Brown. Uh, Grant Cardone mm -hmm. has some good books out there. Uh, also read, uh, read uh, I'm sorry, why is it slipping my mind right now? Because I asked you a question on a whim. <laughs> <laughs> it's Murphy's Law. <laughs> uh, I forget the, t the book. It might be uh, your first year in network marketing. I mean, even though okay. I'm beyond my first year in network marketing, it's still good to read and refresh myself on a lot of things like that. Uh, I mean, it, it's just so many to choose from. There's so many to choose from. Uh, and not just on that personal development. I mean, personal development-wise, spiritual development. I mean, there's, there's just so much. Do you have a very strong belief that life, career um, are in alignment? Yeah, they, they, they have to be. I mean, because otherwise you have a conflict with yourself. You have a conflict with yourself. I mean, I, I got to feel that my life has a purpose and my life has that purpose that drive overall. My career has to line up with that. And with this career, what I'm doing now, it's impacting lives. It's showing people an alternative. And I keep going back to it. It goes back to leaving a legacy for future generations. And that's something that I want. I want that for my children. I want that for my friends' children's their friends' children's. I mean, I just want to reach out and touch as many people as I can and have my friends do the same. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that alignment is the difference between being energized and longevity and deflation and struggle? Yeah, that's a big thing. Uh, you know, I think uh, periodically everybody deals with some type of deflation you know, they might hit that wall. But I mean, longevity is an important thing. I mean, that's what you want in any career, especially if you're a stable person and not a, you know, a jumper, as people right. would say. You want that stability. You want that longevity. I want to be known for, hey, that's Charles, man. He's always traveling and he earns money too. I don't want to be, oh, that's Charles. He's doing this this week. Oh, now he's selling this this week. Mm -hmm. I want that consistency. That, that's what I want to be known for. I want to be known for that successful guy that does have the life that others want to lead or other people want to emulate. Was that first step to your consistency really defining what your why was? Yeah, it was. It, it definitely was. I mean, I've, I, saw, I read it in the last week. I never heard it before. It was like, if your why doesn't make you cry, it's not the right one. And, uh, 
I mean, I don't, I want my kids to grow up better than I grew up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, I didn't, by no means did I grow up terrible, but there were things that I wanted that I couldn't have. I want to be able, I want to have that option to provide that for my children. And I mean, I think all good parents do. Do you bring a structure, a framework around how you um, move through this, the business aspect of what you do? As far as, I'm sorry. Like, do you set goals like, okay, I need to talk to 20 people today, or I need to reach 50 people this week? Oh, definitely. I mean, you, you got to have goals. I mean, you have to have uh, some framework, that plan. I mean, because if you don't have that, you're just out there wandering around, banging your head against the, the wall. You got to right. have those goals. I have those landmarks. And, you know, talking to mentors, they say, okay, this is how I did. This is how I wish I would have done. So I think about that, take that into consideration and plot my next move. I can't help but wonder, I mean, if you had gone into, because I know you can choose to be shy, but there is a large sales component to this. And sales is such a skill set that is, um, that is out of my comfort zone. I'm not, I'm not a sales um, individual and I'm not even, I don't have, um, I don't have the idea that sales is, is something that's like, oh my gosh, car salesman. That's what people sometimes think of. Sales is a very interesting skill set to me because I feel like it's one of those skill sets that yes, you can learn techniques and strategy on how to do sales, but it really does have to pull from your personality and your comfort level within that. Did you, I know you said you could, you could be shy, but I'm, just curious, as a young adult, were you the one that was rallying people and getting new ideas and getting them excited? I, I say no, because nope. uh, really, yeah, by nature, I mean, when I'm in my zone, I'm in my zone, but I'm uh, basically an introvert by nature. I mean, uh, I hear people joke about it all the time. Like, I just have, like, really one close friend, and they always know him. I, but, you know, I, I don't... Uh, if it wasn't for this, this has brought me out further than I would have been in because wow. I knew if I stayed in the military and retired and hadn't done this, I would literally be some guy like living in a cave trying to get wireless shut off from the rest of the society. I'm not really, this, this has brought me out. This I definitely wouldn't have been that person because you know, when you're in the military, you get kind of pushed in the uh, positions and situations, you have to thrive. There's no choice. There is no choice this was a choice for me. So I knew, okay, this is a choice. I'm going to have to make some different decisions because yeah, I'm, I'm really an introvert. So someone that is thinking to themselves, someone similar to me, well, I'm introverted. I'm not sure how I'm going to do this. And this is the obstacle that is standing in their way. If you find your why and your passion, that's going to, it's going to start just oozing out of you. You're going to have to tell the world Absolutely. what it is that you're doing. Absolutely. You, That's you a can't truth? stop it. Yeah, you, you can't stop it. I mean, it's what you love. You you can't help but to share it with people. You right. know? You can't like you say you're not a seller. You don't sell. Uh you sold me on doing this interview. I mean, talking to you. That's it wasn't true. something it wasn't something that I was sure I was gonna do. I was like, okay, who is this lady? What is she gonna be talking about? How's her personality? <laughs> because if when we talked the first time, if you were combative or it sounded kind of sneaky, you know, I, it wouldn't have been something that I said I wanted to do. So interviewing, 
the whole communications, helping veterans. That's something you want to do. Mm -hmm. And it's likewise, that's something I want to do. So you had me. I was on board. Yeah. And, and it's, it's coming from a very honest, I think is a good word. It's coming from a very authentic place. I'm just curious about everyone. I just want to know how you do you in this world because I'm watching other military veterans. I'm watching other young adults. I have a 17 year old that's about to enter, you know, college and he's discovering. And I'm just very curious why we make choices that we make. And then what, how far out can we push those boundaries that we've set for ourselves? And you were an epitome of that. See, but that's, that's intrinsic with you. You want to find all of that stuff out about what makes people tick. So you can share that with other people. That's why you have the different people on so they can share their experience with others, possibly help them. So you, you sold me. Well, wow. Okay. See, change your perspective, change your world. There it Absolutely. is. There Absolutely. it is. How are you defining the next level of success for you? What's the next thing that you're working towards? Uh, one of the guys that I work with, he's been in the company, uh, a few years longer than me, one of the things he has on his Facebook is he wants to help a thousand families earn residual income. Mm -hmm. And so far he's helped 30. So he has that goal. I want to do something like that. I want to help families earn residual income because you know, like, you know, the average family is, uh, what do they say? Like a paycheck away from homelessness or something like that. If I can help one family and they help some families have an extra $500,000 in their bank account a month. That would be something that's good for me. That's, again, that's that intrinsic motivation. I want to know that, hey, I helped this family do something. They're able to take their kids somewhere because of this concept I showed them. It's helped me. Let's see if it helps you. I mean, that's my goal, to help more people. That's it, make an impact. Where did that intrinsic attribute of wanting to make an impact wanting to help other people come from? Well, uh, growing up, I always did a lot of volunteering. You know, my mother had me volunteering. I was in community service groups. But uh, while I was deployed, you know, to Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, doing construction products, you got to see them going from cradle to the grave. You actually got to see how it impacted the community off base. Uh, If I was getting something built on base, you got to see how it helped the soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines. And to be able to, you know, take something from start to finish, that's a great feeling to actually see the impact that you're leaving on a community of people. And that's just something that I want to do because, again, that's something that's going to be there after you're gone. And it leaves an impression on people. Not the fact that they know you did it, but the fact that you're helping people that'll be there year, two year, three years on after you've gone. Do you feel like people genuine, you know, generally want to help others succeed? Or do you feel like it's a very competitive, what are you doing over there kind of community? You know, sometimes it's, it's nosiness, but, you know, a lot <laughs> of people want to help. A lot of people want to help. They might not see the help that they want to provide as, you know, something small or as something big, but it's that small thing. It all starts with something small. You helping someone do this one thing, this minuscule thing to you, but it means the world to them. 
and it enables them to do even bigger projects and enables them to help someone else complete bigger projects. So it's like, I want to be just a domino. I don't care if I'm that first domino or somebody pushed me to do it, but you know, those big domino designs, uh, you knock mm -hmm. over one and it goes through a thousand. I want to play a role like that or be that flake of snow that starts a big avalanche, you know, by the time it comes all the way down the hill, I might be somewhere in the middle and not be a direct impact, but to know that I started it. That's amazing. And we are. I mean, we all impact each other's lives and we're all influences in each other's life. Um, I mean, we're not making or we not necessarily do you have to be in a position where you're making or breaking someone, but you can give someone that extra push without even knowing it. You can have that influence without even being aware. Yeah. Um, is that something that's important to you? Absolutely. I mean, I, again, I don't do what I do uh, to check a box. If I can help you to do something, I mean, I could introduce you to my business. You might say no, but you see that I'm confident and it's like, hey, I need to do some more personal development. And you go off and start going to, uh, you know, Grant Cardone or Les Brown or, you know, those guys' classes. Hey, that's fine. It's helping you build yourself. You might turn that around and help somebody else build themselves up. So I might not see what I'm doing for you directly. It might be indirectly, but I just want to help people. That's amazing. Well, we're coming actually to the end of the hour. That went by very fast. <laughs> Do you have any parting words, any, any advice that you can, that you want to make sure gets out to people? I just want to make sure <coughs> people live their dreams. I mean, <coughs> sorry, you can't live in fear, you know, uh, do what's important to you, do what fulfills you, try to help as many people as you can, but enjoy yourself at the same time. Uh, there's one quote, uh, I think it's James Mishner. He says, the master in the art of living makes little distinction between work and play. And I love that when I compare that to my life now, because when I'm going on vacations all the time, people's like, man, you always having fun. I was like, my business is fun. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I do. So find something that brings you pleasure and also brings you money where it's a little distinction between whether you're working or playing. And I think that's the perfect work-life balance right there. That's amazing. And before we go, I want you to tell because you did say you were going on a trip but you didn't go into detail and I want you to tell people what you get to do on this trip oh well this trip I'm going on next week um, doing four days and three nights in Colorado actually get to go drive some luxury cars got the choice between a McLaren who's a Lamborghini a Ferrari uh, a Mercedes AMG you get to choose between the uh, drop tops or the regular coupes and you get to I think you take it around a 35 mile trail and you actually get to drive them around and uh, test them out. And I've never been in a car that expensive before. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely posting pictures and videos, but that's just a snapshot in the experiences of my life. I mean, from going on these trips to parasailing, to going on cruises, riding on yachts, all of this stuff. I'm just an average guy from Dallas with above average ambition. And that's how I got to where I am. That's amazing. I'm, I'm curious to know which luxury vehicle you're going to choose. I don't, if you even have an idea, I don't want to hear it because I want you to tell people um, where they can find you 
so they can follow you and we can uh, we can discover what you choose and how you're going to uh, love this trip that you're coming on next week. <laughs> I love all those trips. You can find me on uh, Facebook. I'm C.L. Brimbury. You'll see a picture of a beach or something of my face out there. I'm always out there. That's uh, my main thing. And I'm also on Instagram. It's Mr. Seven Day Weekend. And it's uh, MR7DYWKND. And I'm just out here trying to have fun and show you, you can do the same. That's amazing. All right, guys, go follow um, his page. Watch him on his excursions. If you want to find out more about his business, they can direct you through Facebook or Instagram. Yes. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us this Sunday. And, um, of course, the audio will be uh, streaming to you. Two weeks from today, it'll hit the podcasts. Okay. I'll send you your air date. I'll make sure we market it. Definitely. Thank right. you for this opportunity. Thank you for taking time out of your day on a Sunday. It. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Live well. Live your why. Find out who what your why is. And uh, we're going to catch you next week with a brand new Talking Live. All right. Bye. Bye.